Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host, Bill Bannum, and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing how companies can shift their L&D strategy to one that is fully digital. We will also be discussing how this shift can help close the growing skills gap facing many organizations. My guest this time is Alex Tosovich, L&D expert and head of products at the Academy to Innovate HR. Having worked in various number of global organizations, he has now shifted to leading a product development team over at AIHR. He has a passion for digital learning, in particular, how digital can be used to help behavioral change through experiential learning. Alex, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Thank you, Bill. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to be here, and I'm uh, very happy to answer uh, some of the questions that you have shared. Um, uh, as you have already mentioned, I, um, yeah, my, my background is actually in learning, and I've been uh, passionate about digital learning since I was able to build some of the platforms myself in the previous companies, uh, such as Avon and Coca-Cola, and later on, simply building Digital Academy from the ground in one of the uh, companies here in the Netherlands. And the reason for shifting to product development is um, that I wanted to uh, to see how I can make a learning product and actually uh, do something different with the experience I've had. Um, and I actually have a chance to do that here uh, at the Academy to Innovate HR, or how we like to abbreviate it, AIHR. Um, you know, in all of these introductions, I always like to mention at least something that's not on my LinkedIn profile. Um, I really like to travel, um, which is, you know, as you can probably imagine at this, uh, at this moment in time, not a really uh, great hobby to have. Uh, so I've replaced that with some painting and now I'm trying to sort of free up my stock for new stuff, given that uh, this, uh, you know, pandemic has taken a little bit longer than I anticipated initially. Um, and at AIHR, I'm actually working on developing e-learning solutions to help uh, upskill AI, uh, uh, well, AIHR or <laughs> HR professionals uh, globally. Uh, and I'm trying to do that, you know, through digital learning, which has uh, challenges uh, in itself. And this is really something that, that keeps me going. So I'm always happy to share, you know, the, the, the experiences, the success and the failures that I've had with the other peers that are uh, in the L&D, uh, in the, in the, in the L&D industry at the moment. 2020 changed everything for, for many, many organizations, of course. And we're all still living through those changes at the moment. How, how has it changed L&D? And, and more particularly, Alex, how has it changed digital learning? Um, well, this is my one of my favorite questions, actually. And I think uh, a lot of the peers in the L&D community would probably agree with me. Uh, is that e-learning was always there. And what has happened in the previous year, we have sort of accelerated. So a lot of companies had e-learning, you know, um, some things developed already, some solutions used to onboard their employees or some e-learning libraries available. However, at, uh, you know, uh, in 2020, we really had to shift full strategies to fully digital. We had to abandon the leadership programs that were done in class. We had to shift them to do some, some form of an engaging uh, e-learning experience. 
Um, we also had to make sure that you know those learning paths that we have in uh, uh, in, 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 in the academies uh, that were maybe blended before uh, that now have to happen fully online. So I think that 2020, you know, um, has brought accelerated learning. If we talk about lean and agile, I'm sure that a lot of uh, managers actually experience this to be quite an intense um, uh, learning, learning curve for everyone. Um, and to be honest, I think that made us even more ready for what's to come in the future. And, and I think we have all thought of e-learning in a completely different way uh, versus, uh, versus some of the previous years. Do you think there's a difference between online learning and in-person learning in, in terms of how much you can actually take away? Or, Alex, is there technology now in place to, to measure how people are consuming information to be able to, um, I mean, I, I'm familiar with all the awesome things ha that happen over at AIHR and how you guys do it. Is there, is there a place now where technology can fill gaps so that uh, a coach can spot if somebody's struggling and, and therefore the experience actually is just as productive statistically speaking, as, as in-person learning experiences? So I think that's uh, actually a great comment uh, because uh, digital learning does offer us more space and tools to be able to understand where is it that people are struggling, how much they are learning, how far are they progressing. And as you probably know, it has always been a challenge to prove to the organization, to the business, you know, what is the value that uh, the learning is generating. And sometimes it was quite difficult to build these insights to be able to provide the answers, right? So um, at times you would have to plug in specific data collection points to be able to understand if the learning was effective, if the in-class training was, uh, you know, the right uh, the right solution to go for. And at the moment, uh, learning uh, or digital learning offers more opportunities when it comes to this. Uh, one of the key things that I think uh, is also helping the learning because you 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 have touched on something that's really interesting is you know what is the difference now and I think here we have to think about something that is really difficult to, to replace which is socialization and uh, uh, other people and you know peer learning which is also possible to facilitate uh, in digital to me that's one of the most important things uh, to think of when we are thinking of designing digital learning is where are these places where people will be able to uh, to come together. In the platform that we have, we have a community that is outside of the courses where people have can have those informal discussions, uh, pull others, ask questions and so on. Um, and simply planning for this type of uh, socialization uh, is something that can really help uh, uh, with the engagement and full transfer of knowledge overall. Um, and it's one of the things that for me is also imp important when it comes to designing uh, digital learning is that uh, uh, the learner doesn't feel alone in this uh, virtual space, but that they have a feeling of community and, uh, uh, and other people that are also engaged with in the same content that they are following at the moment. Many companies have shifted their L&D strategy, Alex, uh, to, to one that is digital, yet many can still find it to be ineffective. Uh, why do you think that that's happening? So uh, at this very moment, and uh, so now we, now we have simply a different tooling that we're using. Um, and uh, the, the, one of the most important things is that the learning should address uh, well, the current skills gap in your organization to be effective. Um, so what's happening, if we look at any organization, people are already learning in 
their in their own way. So they are either watching YouTube videos, they are maybe on TikTok, uh, depending depending on their you know uh, depending on their preferences. Some are reading books and so on. So the role of L and D is basically to facilitate that process process in the best way. Uh, and uh, the only way to do that is to uh, provide knowledge and learning paths that will really help the people that have the need at this very moment which is a challenge in itself because simply it's difficult to uh, always understand what is it that people need and be able to produce the, the knowledge or produce the content for them that is, uh, uh, that is going to be effective for what, what the organization needs. So I've always talked here about, you know, finding a solution around this. Uh, if you are uh, in an L&D manager or an L&D expert thinking, you know, what do I do now? How do I provide content in the best way? I like to use the, the term that I borrowed from talent management, which is build, buy or borrow um, uh, analogy. When it comes to, you know, looking what the organizational needs are, you can think, okay, maybe I can build some content. And this is if you have internal uh, experts that can, you know, design in-house, am I going to buy content, which is typically off-the-shelf solutions, such as uh, leadership programs, um, uh, already uh, um, a, a coaching session with, uh, for, for maybe your leadership team, um, or you will borrow content from providers such as, uh, you know, um, uh, LinkedIn, or uh, uh, we are doing the same thing, but for a functional role at AIHR, which means that your learners get a bulk of content. So understanding, you know, what your resources, where your where your skills gaps are in the organization, what your resources are, how much you can build, buy, or borrow, um, will really help you understand where you know where to where to uh, where to focus on and where to invest in order to upskill your organization. I've done many mistakes in the past trying to uh, really building content and making these e-learning courses that had interactions that were really fun. And I spent a lot of time, money and budget, not only for myself, but the entire team, only to find out that, you know, we are too late. You know, uh, if we're making something for sales, you know, the landscape has changed. We now need to address something completely different with them. Uh, or simply the learners don't find it effective. So we have gone through this cumbersome process of designing a very clickable, fun-to-do, gamified solution that actually in the end doesn't deliver value. So that always made me think, you know, how can I pedal back and understand really what is the, the what is how how I as an LD expert can facilitate the learning in the best way and maximize the resources that I have. And to me, uh, content plays an important role in how much time I have to spend and resources to be able to provide the best value for the current current or future needs of the organization. But what else can you do to ensure that the effectiveness of your learning programs is, is as you'd want it to be? Um, I, I think that um, a lot of us have heard for the for this term, which is uh, related to, you know, the blend that you choose or how you um, how you blend your learning. Um, and, uh, you know, we have you have, let's say that previously you have understood what your organization needs and now, it, now it's the moment, you know, how do you uh, blend the learning in the best way. And here we also will probably talk about the learning management system or how you make your content available. One of the things here is just to, you know, if you're a big organization, uh, you probably have a learning management system that's already elaborate. If you are a smaller organization, then there's also stuff you can do. You can use Slack or Trello or even <clears throat> a Google, uh, Google Drive simply to provide your content and library to your, to, to your uh, learners in the, in the organization. 
But then we come actually to something that's, uh, you know, uh, the next step, which is making this really practical for them. And here it's really important that the learners um, have one uh, active activity after one passive activity and that you are actually able to blend the learning in such a way that uh, the learners uh, find it, get enough theory but still have enough practice in the digital uh, in the digital setting now when I say it like this uh, on a podcast it probably sounds pretty pretty easy but you know maybe I can give you an example so I've uh, in the past in one of my LD roles I've ran a leadership program. Uh, that had to be shifted fully online um, and then in the in the first sections I would ask people to do an assignment an, an assessment of their leadership capabilities and then they would discuss their results in an online environment through simple polling and after that they would get a piece of theory and learning and after that we would follow up with a with an online session also um, you are able to measure the progress of your learners in this way. The same way that I've just described the leadership program, we have also created an entire HR academy with one of our clients um, where we basically partnered with them to upskill their HR teams. And we co-designed, uh, uh, we helped them take theory and practicality from our courses and build it into the learning paths uh, that would support their, uh, their HR teams. So, um, here, I think that the most important, uh, you know, uh, overarching principle to remember is basically how much or how how big how how well do you mix your theory with practicality in the learning path, and how close it is to the environment of your learners. Uh, why our program uh, with the client was successful? It was because the, the the academy that we have built was very focused and uh, and targeting functional. Uh, uh, a specific function in our organization and it targeted their uh, specific needs. Okay, now coming back to addressing the skills gap in organizations, Alex, what skills should L&D prioritize? So um, from my perspective, it's, there is no simple answer um, to, <laughs> to that question, as you can imagine. There, of course, are already uh, the buzzwords we have all, all heard, which were digital innovation, um, you know, uh, uh, upskilling uh, when it comes to technology in, in, in different areas of our companies. However, I think that rather than, uh, you know, guessing, I think the best way is to look for, you know, the best way to understand where you should prioritize as an organization. So I think we can split here in one in two buckets. One, it would be, you know, what is it that my organization as a whole needs? And one is what do my function need, uh, functions need within the organization? So if we talk about the overall organization, values are what drives behavior. These are our, our boundaries. These should be, you know, the behaviors that we should all strive towards. So L&D can really help organization implement the values. And I know we talk about values as these vague, uh, you know, uh, uh, descriptions that are typically put up on posters, but implement, if implemented really thoroughly and uh, uh, using throughout your HR processes, you can really drive, you know, one culture and uh, a great uh, value-driven organization. And every value, if the behaviors are connected well, can uh, really work towards your goals as an organization. So um, regardless of your values, you should identify what behaviors, you know, uh, you need to, 
to, to, to have to support the values of your overall organization. Uh, and then as L&D, you can really make sure that this is in your onboarding, that your leadership team is trained when it comes to the values, that they know how to feedback their employees when it comes to the values that they have talked about. Most importantly, you know, uh, and when I say leaders, we don't have to, you don't have to be people manager to be a leader. So this means that overall people who influence others, who are leaders in their own role, specialists, are also aware of, you know, how do I keep others and myself accountable? Um, and uh, this should be something that's part of, uh, you know, the programs that we have throughout the organization. The, the second thing is, you know, bringing it closer to the function and bring, bringing it closer to the reality. Um, and here we can talk about, you know, targeting functional skills gaps. I gave you an example that we did uh, this uh, uh, with a client who worked on HR Academy you can uh, focus uh, for some things that are related to sales um, and really look for programs that will target um, your specific functions in the organization to provide with you know, the, the functional expertise that they need to have, whether it is sales or if it's a, a, a software development, you can still map what is it that you would need there. One of the things that, um, that always helps, it is uh, you know, to define what are the competencies that your function needs. Um, and this is something that, um, you know, can be off the shelf or can be something that you as an organization uh, define for yourself. You know, what do you see as core competencies for a function or an organization? We have also outlined um, uh, four core competencies for uh, HR professionals. So which were data literacy, business acumen, digital savviness, and people advocacy. Um, and these are the four that we have identified as the key uh, for the you know, future HR uh, roles. Um, and then if we go to implement these in your organization, you know, aside from looking at what we have defined as descriptions for these competencies, you uh, internally would have to discuss with your, with your teams what, it, what do these behaviors and competencies mean, mean for them and integrate that into the learning programs. So in this way, we cover um, uh, both organization and functional competencies uh, if we look at, uh, you know, if we look at the learning uh, uh, overall. Okay, we are already coming towards the end of this interview, Alex. Before we, before we wrap things up, um, maybe, maybe you can uh, consider some of the things that you have spoken about so far today and offer offer a few more insights around how can L&D professionals build and sustain that thriving learning culture? Uh, I think that there is um, something in, in, in this question that I always like to address. And um, I think that the ownership of this is not only on uh, L&D function. Um, of course, L&D will lead the learning and influence. However, the whole HR function as a role has a role to play in this um, uh, in implementing this, um, and um, uh, it's, there's few simple things that uh, uh, that can be linked when it comes to L and D and overall HR. Which means, you know, how much of the learning programs are implemented within um, the, the HR processes? How uh, how are talent management processes linked to the learning programs in the organization? Um, and another thing is, you know, how do we use the the organizational knowledge? And how do we make the academy 
um, or the, 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 the learning program that you have, uh, something that everyone uh, is a part of rather than only L&D function. In one of my previous roles, what I've done, I've actually co-designed content with a lot of subject matter experts. And when I needed to present, you know, what is it that, that, that the results are, I just invited everyone, you know, uh, uh, on the stage during the presentation just to just to visualize for everyone that this is not something that, you know, I am pioneering because I'm super excited about learning and I like to talk about it, but that it is actually, you know, our ownership and our organizational knowledge that we are taking care of. Uh, and that it's not something that uh, is about, about, you know, that is um, responsibility of one person, but it is something that is collective effort and a goal for the entire organization. So really finding ways to interlink with the process is informally link your learning, but also finding those champions and designing with your organization is something that is really going to embed um, a learning in your organization and actually have an embedded learning culture. And um, um, lastly, you know, I had a lot, a lot of discussions, especially when I was starting with learning and training, uh, especially from uh, some of the uh, more commercial departments is, is, you know, what is the training effectiveness? How are we going to track that? Uh, you know, where, where, where can we find the data and so on? And I think this is something that is one of the key elements for the learning organization to master. It is how am I going to find data to prove the value of my learning? And if I don't have the data, how am I going to design processes so that I have them? Do I survey people? Do I look at before and after knowledge uh, transfer and how much people have memorized? How much of uh, activities do I uh, uh, ask the managers to complete, such as on-the-job coachings? In, in what way do we report on that? And so on. Um, and this is a, a module that I've, all, I've also added to our, our L&D certificate program, simply because to me, this was a biggest challenge when it comes to working with learning and development. Um, and, um, you know, and finally, uh, having uh, working with one of the instructors that's on this program to also find a way to uh, calculate ROI on learning programs was something that for me was very exciting to find out and actually, uh, you know, work on developing content like that, because I think it's, uh, it's really uh, helpful and it puts um, L&D as a strategic partner to the business rather than just uh, a support. And just finally for today, how can the audience connect with you, Alex, whether that's through email, LinkedIn or wherever else? And how can they find out more about all of the cool content and all of the awesome learnings coming out of AI HR? Um, so, well, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, on Alex Dolshevich. Um, there's also, uh, I'm obviously, uh, well, I don't know if how obvious it is, but I, uh, I do fall into a millennial, uh, <laughs> age group. So you can find me on Instagram under the, under the same name. Uh, however, I think my, uh, LinkedIn is a bit more engaging. Uh, and of course, if you want to find out more about AIHR.com, you can, um, you can find, uh, you can find us on the website, AIHR.com. Um, and uh, one more thing that I would like to add, if you have taken some of our courses or if you, if you have come in touch with uh, AIHR in any shape or form and you have some, a piece of feedback, please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn, share it with me because I am always looking to hear from our learners and to understand, you know, what are your needs and how we can, you know, be even better. So I would be, uh, I would be happy if you drop me a message and say, you guys are doing great or, you know, here are some of the improvements I saw. Awesome. Well, at this point, I should just say, Alex, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you for having me, Bill. It was a pleasure. 
And listeners, until next time, happy working, happy learning, and please do continue to stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.